The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Just when you thought you could get rid of us, we are back. It is CBS Fantasy Baseball today. It's the CBSEs, the what's the award show we call <laughs> they- it? The CBS category, the way I kind of broke down the categories, it really reminds me of the Dundies from The Office because it just felt like I kept coming up with different awards <laughs> that would that could go to players I wanted to talk about, kind of like Michael Scott did, you know, found an award to give to everybody in his office, even if they weren't deserving of anything noteworthy. That's that's kind of what it felt like. You know what? That is a magical way to set the tone for the episode because that is what it is. I'll be honest with you, when I saw what we were doing here today, I got all excited because Scott White put together some really good stuff, and you're asking yourselves right now, what are you guys doing? You guys weren't supposed to be back so soon. Well, we are keeping you on your toes. That's why you don't go away. You don't unsubscribe because you don't know when I'm going to go left or when I'm going to go right. You don't know what we're going to do, but we are going to bring you some fun content today, and this is going to be a good thing to chew on through the um, through the end of the offseason. It is the Fantasy Awards courtesy of Fantasy Baseball Today, and our illustrious host here is uh, Scott White. Scott White is going to be giving you some amazing awards that we're going to sit here and talk about today, though I want to present one award. I want to present an award myself, if you will, if you'll allow me, Scott. No, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, the Emmys has multiple hosts, certainly. Do we have any groups? Do we have any musical groups that we plan to bring on today? Uh, No. Okay. No, just wasn't sure. Oh, my cat was just scratching around in the litter box behind me. And, I just, oh, and he's meowing now. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a musical oh, he's guest. M- musical guest, Scott White's cat. There you go. <laughs> what a start to this. Uh, though we don't have any special appearances from Adam Azer or Heath Cummings or anything like that, we are going to be doing a full load of these. So this should be fun. This should be a good palate cleanser because I just want to remind everybody next week, Scott and myself are going to be back and we're already going to be doing a full through October preview series of each position. We're going to be doing two a week, so I just want you guys to get all set. It looks like the plan is going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we are going to be knocking those bad boys out. So it should be a really good, uh, fun conversation as a primer to set you up for the 2020 season because as we all know, as baseball ends, it actually never ends. As I'm out here in the Arizona Fall League, you know, with all these guys, I just I was just telling you, just interviewed uh, Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick. People are interested in that over on my Prospect One show. You know, there's always baseball going on, and we digest it to the fullest. Now, my award is the single-handedly win me my championship award slash 
we told you to pick up these guys slash, oh my gosh, I will never forget these players because of what they're doing for me. And I have a um, two winners, co-winners, if you will. Number one is, yeah, they did share it. It's like uh, Jason Kidd and um, Grant Hill back when they shared the Rookie of the Year Award of basketball people. Uh, And I got this one from, I got an email from Scott earlier today saying, look who showed up. Mr. Garrett Hampson is one of those because since the 18th, like a week ago, he's got five stolen bases and four homers over the last five games, Garrett Hampson. That guy single-handedly won people championships as well. John Birdie probably single-handedly won you a category in one day. John Birdie stole four bases on the 24th. Unreal performance in the final week of the season. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, we could feel good about Hampson because I think we were all over that one. But it's Hampson. There, there's a category coming up the guy fantasy football players won't see coming. I because, love that you one. Know, they, they tuned out uh, before he became a thing. And, and Garrett Hampson could kind of fit that. He's not the one who's in there, but he, he kind of fits that description because, you know, the, the overall numbers are going to look terrible. And uh, uh, people are going to remember what a disappointment he was as a sleeper. But uh, he's really come around here the last just the last two weeks. Single handedly won championships. Those are those guys. And just to give you guys a taste of what we're in for in this episode, we're going to have some of the obvious ones. We're going to have, you know, the most valuable hitter, the most improved pitcher. We'll be doing some of those. Then we're going to get into some fun ones where we've got best and worst Scott White call. That's going to be great. Underachievers. Then into just, we're going to kind of blast through at the end, some really fun ones like the I Can Now Spell Your Name Award, the Most Perplexing Pronunciation Award, and the Bionic Man. Those are what is in store for this episode. And I believe you're going to have an article that's going to kind of accompany this episode coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a a lot of the same things, but you know. But but you should read it because it's going to be be in all your words without me talking over you or interjecting (laughs) or trying to counter your arguments, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. Are you glad to see me, by the way? You thought you were getting a much bigger break, and then all of a sudden we're back. I'm just looking for confirmation. I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm cool with that. That's not what I was looking for, but that's fine. This that's, is fun. This will be fun. Let's, this w- let's get into it. This will be fun. Uh, first, we want to tell you about our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek promo code FANTASY. If you're searching sporting events, live music, comedy, and more, there's never been an easier place to do it than with SeatGeek. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. Why is SeatGeek better than the rest? They've got all of the reviews in the App Store. I mean, all of them. 50,000 five stars. That is incredible. And SeatGeek displays all of their stuff on an interactive seat map. They break it down where the green dots are the really good deals. The red dots, they're the overpriced ones. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for your tickets with confidence. And I swear that is all that we're really looking for in the end is to trust what we're buying is going to be good. I have the SeatGeek app. It is the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. And I suggest you get on it right now. SeatGeek even wants to give you $10 for your first SeatGeek purchase all you've got to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FANTASY for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code FANTASY for $10 off your first purchase. Season awards. We needed music. I want to put some music in yeah. there. We're gonna have- yeah, I feel like this is your... We need a drum roll. We need like a fanfare effect after it's announced. It's all in post. All right. It's all there. Just all pretend all it's there. Right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds right. like a lot of work. But yeah, okay. Well, I'm, that's what I'm here for. This is part of all what right. I'm here for. All right, I, I'm going to announce the category, and then, Scott, I want you to give us the winner. First up is the most impactful player 
Now, this is a tie, kind of like your category was, but I promise they won't all be ties. But most impactful player for 2019 goes to <laughs> Astros, Co-Aces, Justin Verlander, and Garrett Cole. Two pitchers. Two pitchers. Now, and- before you get into it, before you get into it, did you give consideration to players like Cody Bellinger and Ronald Acuna into this category? Because I think a lot of people may have just, you might have heard an audible gasp that not only was there one, but two were the most impactful and they're on the same team. Yeah. No, I gave consideration to every single player who wore a uniform in 2019. I vetted them one by one. And this is (laughs) what I came up with. Now, Verlander and Cole are so far ahead of every other starting pitcher this year in terms of, I I don't know who's going to win the Cy Young between them. It's a complete toss up. Kind of hope Cole wins just so we can see another reaction, angry reaction from Kate Upton on Twitter. (laughs) But uh, I mean, anytime I see anything from Kate Upton, I agree. So I'll take anything I can get. Yeah. And, and like starting pitcher was the story of 2019. Like if you yeah. had aces, you were in good shape. If you didn't, you were in bad shape. And well, and everybody thought the they had aces, among the aces, but everybody thought they had aces. That's actually yeah. even a bigger point that pushes to you is everybody thought they had the aces at the end of the day. Little did everybody know that a guy that is practically touching 40 years old and then an, an acquired pitcher in Garrett Cole were not only going to be awesome teammates, but they were going to be at the top of the pack. And Garrett Cole's pushed 300 strikeouts this season, 316 as we sit here. Yeah. I kind of wanted to give it just to Cole, but it, it was, you know, the numbers are so close. And the fact that Verlander was basically this guy from the start of the season to the finish, I think he deserves some credit for that, too. He, he was really I, I, maybe the only pitcher who never had a stretch that gave us cause for concern. What was the hitter that was the closest to in this category? I mean, I know at, at the end of the day, this sounds like this is a runaway to you. But was there a hitter that pushed it all that you were like, well, probably Yelich. Okay. Probably Yelich. Okay. Oh, Acuna was got some consideration as well. Most impactful players, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Next up, the most valuable hitter. And the winner is... Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte of your Arizona Diamondbacks. Absolutely love it. This is a phenomenal choice. This is why they pay you the big bucks. And this <laughs> is why where you are, where you're at. Let's hear it. So... Obviously, he wasn't the very best hitter, but he was among the best hitters, and he was the best second baseman, which was probably the weakest infield position uh, this season. He could also play him at shortstop. You could have also played him in outfield. But uh, the thing is, he got off to a great start. The power was unexpected. And, you know, the, the supporting numbers mostly backed it up, but it's like this is Cattell Marta. He's not supposed to do this. He got even better in the second half. He got even better. He was. For the amount you paid for him, which was a late round pick, I, I passed him up for Andrelton Simmons mm. in Tout Wars, which was my worst mm. draft move of the entire draft season. Um, and I want to throw I mean, in, you've got a category that you, it says, this is a little for me here, where you say your best call. Anybody that listened to me on In This League, they know this was mine. I was all was on Cattell Marte this year. Saw him you, in spring training. What's that? You weren't expecting, like... A 320 batting average. No, 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 no. No, I, I came on and said on, on ITL, I said he will have a career year across the board. He will hit 20-plus homers. I saw that coming. Did I see him hitting practically 330? He, had he not got injured, he probably would have pressed 100, 100, 
30 season with uh, double-digit stolen bases and a 300 average. I mean, that's unheard of. He way, way surpassed expectations, so I would never take credit for that. But this was one of my calls, and to your point here, when you talk about the most valuable, it's going to be production based on cost, and it it just it's almost undeniable that Cattell Marte wins this one. This is a great call. Hey, I I appreciate it. I expected some backlash because nope. you know Christian Yelich. I mean, for what he did, you could make a case that it was impactful enough. I, I think the injury hurt his chances. I mean, Ronald Acuna, same thing. But I I think just the you got Cattell Marte so late and the positions he was eligible at. You ended up with 329 batting average, 32 home runs. And that was, you know, his injury. His season was ultimately cut off by injury, too. Yeah. And I and I see this as like capital value when we talk about most valuable player. I think that's that's sure. kind of a tone that both of these went, because if we wanted to go straight MVP, you're looking at, you know, Ronald Acuna, you're looking at Yelich, that type of thing. But this is this is good for people to process around most valuable pitcher. The winner is Shane Bieber. Oh, you got the, the fever. Cleveland Indians. Yes, yes. Who I Heath Cummings actually predicted would one of his bold predictions was Shane Bieber would be the the Indians ace this year, and and hey, he was right. In fact, Shane Bieber, uh, I assume he's going to be the third finalist for AL Cy Young voting. He might, be, you know, he he might be a top five pitcher now in baseball. Uh, just everything that could have gone right in his development did this year. He already had that great slider. He improved against left-handed hitters and he was pitching it deep into games consistently. He's such an efficient pitcher. He was a true ace. He was a true ace that you didn't have to pay close to ace value for. And, uh, and that's why he's the winner here. And what's interesting too, is he's one of those guys where you look at and you're like, is he really the best pitcher on a staff that has Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger, and even had Bauer for a period of time? And you walk away, yeah. it's it's kind of hard to deny that, I mean, he's the best. And actually, he pitched, as we were recording this, seven strikeouts and five and two-thirds of an inning. He didn't get the win, but, you know, he just continues racking on the stuff that he uh, did and has got a, you know, close to, he's got a sub-three-ish ERA on the season. Just a phenomenal year. On a per-start basis, you you could talk about Clevenger being right there, maybe even being a little better, but obviously Clevenger missed a significant portion of the season and Bieber's just, he's right there. So I'm giving it to Bieber. Plus you, you paid more for Clevenger. Exactly. And again, the most capital valuable player, most improved hitter in the 2019 season is somebody who may not have won just two weeks ago, but it is Marcus Simeon, most improved hitter. And I think I think this is shaping up to be a guy, you know, I, I kind of maybe I'm developing a reputation. I don't know if around the industry necessarily, but certainly within our group as being the guy who is willing to invest the most in the player who just had the big, unexpectedly good season. So you're less uh, skeptical about the uh, the big performance season. You don't have that. Yeah. Like a lot of people walked into this year with the Yelich stuff being like, well, it's fine that he did it, but he's never had a, you know, what, 30, yep. 30 plus home run to fly ball. He's never done this before. Hey, I like him, but I can't take him in the top half. I'll take him at eight or nine. That's how a lot of people approach it. I didn't, but I took it from a little bit of a different approach this year with a guy like Yelich where, I was buying in on elite hitters with a high stolen base probability, so I had Acuna and Yelich up. 
But Marcus yeah. Simeon is such an interesting one that you pick too, because go and compare him up against Cattell Marte, who we just put as the big value. Everybody talks about him. Marcus Simeon, I'm going to give him another side award. The least talked about, most productive player of the year. Nobody talks about Marcus Simeon. He's got 32 homers, 120 runs, 91 RBIs, 10 stolen bases with a 287 average as we record this with like two days left in the season. That is a a ridiculous season that I'll bet you nobody that had been paying attention at least for the last couple weeks to Marcus Simeon would have had any clue he was remotely close to that. 120 runs. Yeah, I kind of followed the same pattern as Cattell Marte where he got off to a good start and you're like, okay, this is fun. How long will it really last? And and then he it, it got better as the season played out. He made much harder, more efficient contact, especially in the second half. That's why we saw the numbers continue to rise. His ground ball rate went way down. So it was all line drives and fly balls, which are the best ways to hit to hit the ball. And most significantly, his strikeout rate dropped. Uh, his walk rate improved. These are things that back when he was in the White Sox organization, you you thought he would become that kind of player with the plate discipline. And, uh, you know, he might finish third in AL MVP voting behind Troughton and, uh, and Bregman. We'll see. But he's he's definitely he has the kind of war to justify it. He's 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 a really good player. I, I just did my shortstop rankings. He's going to be 10th for me going into next year, which isn't, isn't giving wild? him full credit for everything he did this year. But it's. It's, it's obviously given him partial credit. That is wild. And I'm going to tell you right now, monitor Marcus Simeon now in the conversation that's based around him to the start of next year, because I think he's going to give a big rise. I think a lot of people are going to be able to sit back and look at what he did. And the buy-in is going to become more aggressive. And he might be another one of those guys, you know, jokingly, the award of the award for the people, fo- you know, football guys stop paying attention to. There's enough football people that also checked out maybe in July. Yep. I don't think they'll have the concept. Wait, what? Marcus Simeon is a they top won't. 10 shortstop? They won't. There there were a lot of candidates for that category. Sure. Uh, but I found a different one for Marcus Simeon. Yeah, you got most a, improved hitter. You got a very good one. Yeah, exactly. Very good one. All right. Most improved pitcher of the year goes to? Probably obvious if you stop and think about it. It is Lucas Giolito. Yes, sir. Huge breakthrough season for the White Sox. Underlying numbers, I think, fully support it. And, uh, you know, obviously he had the prospect pedigree, but it was there. He wasn't giving you a lot of reason for optimism heading into this season and just totally took off. I mean, he boosted his K per nine by five. He had a six, four, nine in 2018 K per nine up to 11, six this year, dropped his walk per nine, almost two walks. He was phenomenal. Three, uh, 3.4 ERA and, you know, a friend of mine online, if you go and take a look back at his uh, Twitter, Lance Brozdowski, he does a great job. He had interviewed Lucas Giolito, and they talked about the the pitching changes and the stuff that he was going with and attacking this year. And Lucas Giolito became a smarter, more efficient pitcher, and the results were um, near the top. And Lucas Giolito is going to be taken in a very elite-ish tier of pitchers next year, as long as there's not the people, like you just said, that are going to be like, well... You know, it was one year. He was garbage up until this year. There'll be some naysayers, but I think um, I think I'm a buy-in with you, and I agree. Most improved pitcher. There you go. All right, most improved mid-season addition. Who is the winner of the most improved mid-season player? Addition E D I T I O N. Just to clarify. Yeah. Mid-season addition of the most improved player is you. <laughs> 
Darvish. Yeah, we all saw that one coming. Give me a break. <laughs> oh, there was a. You, you could have made the case for Jack Flaherty, though. I mean, Jack Flaherty had an ERA about five midseason, and now he's likely going to be a top three Cy Young guy in the NL. But it almost felt you like Darvish. you Darvish was so good, or like he made such a dramatic turnaround that you actually just blew my mind remembering that. I almost forgot that we were experiencing that with Flaherty because you Darvish took everything. I mean, what did he go like 24 innings without a walk? He had like nine walks in the second half, pretty much. The world was done with you Darvish yes. based on the way his first injury shortened season went with the Cubs. The world was done. I was out there on a limb after every start saying, you know, if in terms of dominance, in terms of uh, swings and misses and, and how good his stuff looks, there's a chance he could salvage this still. He just has to cut down on the walks. And lo and behold, seven total walks in his final 14 starts. A 295, a 295 ERA during that stretch, 12.6K per nine. And he was an ace again. He was an ace again. And, you know, ending the season healthy, he'll be 33 going into next year. But even so, it, it looks like uh, he's somebody at the position that really has the greatest determinant in your fantasy success. He's somebody you're going to want to invest a lot in. Our 2019 CBS Fantasy Baseball Today Awards is brought to you by our friends over at Lightstream. It's a fact that refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money. And you don't have to be a financial expert to do it. Right now, you can get a credit card consolidation loan from my friends over at Lightstream with a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. Lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. That means you could save thousands of dollars in interest. Just for my listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash strike. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash strike. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash strike for more information. The awards must go on. Now we're getting to some pretty funny ones here. The Bobby Big Bat Award. First explain the Bobby Big Bat and then uh, give us our winner. Huge power impact, unexpectedly. Oh, this is an easy one. Jorge Soler. Has to be. Jorge Soler. Yeah. Pretty much written off for dead. Uh, you know, there was some hope when he first joined Kansas City. Oh, he's gonna get he's gonna get the Pats now. Maybe he can finally live up to that potential. But he, you know, squandered that last year, and uh, basically nobody wanted him. But he had a huge breakout, kind of quietly, just because home runs were so prevalent. But I mean, he was, you know, he was pushing fifty. So people are when people see drafts with Jorge Soler and Marcus Simeon going in the top one hundred, and they checked out in July. People are gonna be like, "What is happening here, Jorge Soler?" <laughs> Jorge Soler hit more homers this year than he did in his entire career. I mean, 45 with 112 RBIs, hit 262. He is the prototypical recipe of the type of, uh, you know, bat later in a draft that you want to take. He's not an albatross on your batting average. He's scoring across the board. He's a three-category monster. One Mm -hmm. is a deficit, and then it's serviceable with the batting average. I think he's a phenomenal guy to draft later, and I'm buying into... I'm not sure I'm going to buy into the 45. I don't... He hasn't given me a Chris Davis-like vibe where I can believe he can continue to do this, but 
it's going to be hard not to feel that you can get 35 out of this next year. Improvements are real. You know, I think so. And he impacts the ball so hard that even if there is a like a like a ball change, I I feel like he would still be among among the best home run hitters in baseball. I mean, he I I feel like it's a totally legit breakthrough. The strikeout rate got better as the season went on, which you know that was something that held him back previously. He looks like if if not quite a stud in fantasy, just the very next layer of of being a good fantasy option. Do you think he's one of these guys too that if we hadn't I had originally I was writing some just notes down of, of maybe ones we would do, but you came up with such a great list of like the guy that improved his draft stock from the beginning of 2019 to the beginning of 2020. I mean, he's got to be at the top of the list, right? Because we're looking at Solaire as, I don't know, what, top 80 next year? I mean, format formats could you know alter it a little bit, but I mean, he's yeah. a no-doubt top 100 player in probably every single format. Yeah, probably. That's, uh, well, Cattell Marte. I would still put Cattell yeah. Marte as on the top of that list. Yeah, but. you're right. Okay, but Soler's yeah. in that same general area. So Jorge Soler, the Bobby Big Bad Award. How about the Freddie Fleetfoot Award? <laughs> Who is our winner? <laughs> that one was good. Yeah, so in the past, and I have I have given this award in the past, believe it or not, uh, I've gone with, you know, kind of an under-the-radar steel source, but I had to go high-end just because there were so few steals to be had this year, and... So the Freddie Fleetfoot Award winner is Ronald Acuna. And the reason it goes to him Interesting. is because even though he was highly drafted and, and there was some hope that he could be a good base stealer, there was a lot of doubt, too. There was a lot of doubt. He stole only 16 bases as a rookie in 2018. And you know, it was pretty much mostly confined to the leadoff spot there. And, you know, the Braves were looking to move him out of there, I think, justifiably. That was the big that- thing. And that was the big thing, too. I want to point out where the soul because, I mean, you know, I've seen Ronald Acuna in the Arizona Fall League and whatnot. He's a very aggressive base runner. Every time he would get on, he was trying to run. I never had a question that he would attempt to continue running like this. But as soon as they talked about moving him to that three hole, that was four. a spot where you would say, or yeah, four anywhere yeah. in there three four that's a that's a spot where you had to start projecting if if he's a 30 stolen base guy maybe he's down to 18 he's just not going to run as much he's a run producer so that it, led to a lot of those questions it was all very murky because strategically it made sense for him to bat lower in the order i feel like it made it strategically it makes sense for him to run more batting lower in the order but that's not what he did as a rookie and it was just it was just a lot of speculation over a category that's that's very hard to to hammer. I mean, it uh, it's not just an ability based category. You know, there's a lot of variables going into how often a guy runs, and he wasn't running at the start of the year, but then he got moved to the leadoff spot, and it just seems like his comfort level's higher there. So I think he's going to stay there, and if he does, he's going to be an elite base dealer along with everything else he does. Yeah, which makes him right at the top of the list, and why we do see him going number one overall or guaranteed top three, and. There's still a couple days left, but he uh, currently sitting at 41 homers, 37 stolen bases with a whole bunch of runs and RBIs. A really, really phenomenal year. All right. We're now going to hone down in. These are the the uh, Scotties, the, the Scotty Whiteys. They are the best <laughs> call by Scott White Award. The Scotty, Scotty Whiteys. I, I don't know that I like that. One, <laughs> I don't think so either. I'm sorry. I hope I, I really hope our listeners don't really love that and continuously use the Scotty Whiteys, but we'll call them the Scott White Best Call Award, and that goes to Pete Alonzo. Mm. 
Good one. It took a while to come around. I, I went back, you know, during the, doing writing the articles for these early uh, position by position rankings for 2020. I looked back at last year's and my top 20 at first base this time of year didn't even include Pete Alonso. But then you get to spring training. You see what he's doing there. It's looking more and more likely that he's going to have an opening day job. And I started trumpeting Pete Alonzo hard. I kept trying to pin the nickname Pete the Bat on him at every opportunity because, you know, I got little kids and I read the Pete the Cat books to them. Pete the Bat, it made perfect sense. Of course, now he's the, what, the polar bear? Yeah, the polar so, bear or something like that. Yeah, so that that opportunity's passed. But, yeah, I it, he you could have made a case for him as the Bobby Big Bat Award winner. I mean, he more home runs than Solaire. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, I expected him to be a huge power hitter if he got the job. It was an 80-grade power bat, uh, and he just totally, totally lived up to it. I got him in a ton of leagues, and hopefully my advice led to you getting him in a ton of leagues too. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. He was another one of those, and I know I annoyingly do it, but I want to give you guys context to conversations. And uh, Alonzo was out here in the fall league last year, and I got a chance to uh, meet him a couple times, talk with him, such a great personality. And like getting to see him in person, you saw how he would attack the ball with just pure raw power. And um, my buddy uh, James Anderson from Rotowire, he had hit me up and he was like, is he real? Is this real? And I said, James, Pete is real. And then the Fall Stars <laughs> game came up and that was where Pete Alonzo. Everybody bought in the moment too, where Pete Alonzo hit a 104 mile per hour fastball from mm. Nate Pearson over the wall. I mean, his yeah. power is unreal. He's just fine as far as far as his pitch recognition goes and it's major league level. And I'm with you. It's a fantastic call by you, but there has to be a bad call. So the Scott, not Scotty Whitey, the Scott White worst call award is Jesse Winker. Wah, wah. <laughs> and I could have gone a few different directions here, but Winker, I think, is was one of probably the five hitters I was the most vocal about this preseason. Um, just liked his batted ball profile, thought he could be kind of a, kind of this, you know, kind of Joey Votto like with it. And it turns out he was just not in the way I expected. Uh, but yeah, he, he looked like somebody who was geared to hit for average with a great on base, uh, on base percentage. And the power looked like it was really starting to come around last year. I didn't buy the minor league power production, which was lacking. But, you know, there were injuries. There were all the usual issues minor league hitters have to deal with. You know, the guy who takes a lot of pitches. They don't see a lot of strikes down there. I thought the power he showed down the stretch in 2018 was a sign of things to come. You know, it's hard to say that the uh, the shoulder surgery he had in between 2018 and 2019, It's it's... Can't say for sure that that didn't have an impact on his disappointing season, but right now I'm leaning more toward the idea he's just not that good. Not good enough of a power hitter. And, uh, you know, not clear enough of a prospect, I think, that he's assured everyday playing time heading into next year. Yeah, and he looked good with how powerful the Reds' offense looked like it was shaping up to be, and then a guy that might potentially lead off even half the mm -hmm. time. Yep. There was a lot of enticing stuff about Jesse Winker. I agree. How about the thanks for making everyone look good award goes to a dual award winner here because that also goes to Shane Bieber. Wow. Taking home two. Yeah. It, it seemed like everyone in the industry was in on him. 
was was buying into the breakout potential. I'm kind of surprised he was as affordable as affordable as he was considering. But you know, a lot of times, a lot of times the trendiest names don't end up panning out, and uh, everybody looks bad. But in this case, everybody looked good. Shane Bieber lived up to everyone's most optimistic projections for him. Thanks for making everyone look bad. Who Christian is our Yelich. award winner? Yeah, it's got to be Chris Yelich because everyone thought he was going to be worse. Yeah. And like you and I, I feel like can take some small credit here. Uh, you already gave your reason for it. But, you know, kind of what we're talking about with Marcus Simeon, where I am, I seem to be a little more willing than everyone else to give the benefit of the doubt in these surprising circumstances where a, a a player overachieves. Uh, Christian Yelich needed an outlier home run to fly ball rate to have the MVP season he did in 2018. And everybody was sure the home runs would drop a year later. I was sure too. Yeah. You know, he was a late first rounder for me, but he was still a first rounder. And uh, obviously he got better. The home run actually went up and he was better overall. And, uh, you know, he's an anomaly. He's an enigma wrapped in an anomaly, you know, packaged in a paradox. We don't know what to do with him. He's just good. He's well, just I know what to good. do now. Yeah. Just, just do it. Just draft him. Yeah. Unless you're worried about injuries. That'll be the thing this year. To be like, well, he got injured. So I don't know if he can repeat <laughs> with that injury. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the lowest he will go in any league is fifth, right? I mean, that would even and, be like, wow, I just got him at five type of thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, he should go second. Yeah, he should. Uh, well, some people will argue third, I guess. I say, but, I'd say he should go third. You can preference second. But like, I mean, I think I, I, have, I have such a hard time with this top three right now. It's going to be really interesting talking about it. And what'll be fun is when we get to our outfield episode that we'll be breaking down in a couple of weeks, the top three picks in the coming drafts are all outfielders. So we're going to kind of be able to have that 2020 conversation around it. Uh, biggest underachiever. The award goes to Max Freed. And how can you say a pitcher who was pretty much off everybody's radar coming into the year and then went on to win more than 15 games? How could he be an underachiever? You're right. Oh. Well, that that just tells you what kind of upside I think Max Freed has. He was among the best in baseball in uh, in ground ball rate, had more than a strikeout per inning, uh, you know, good swinging strike rate, everything. Like, normally it's one one or the other, right, that makes a quality pitcher in fantasy. It's, it's the elite ground ball rate or it's the ability to miss bats. Well, Max Freed demonstrated both, and yet the ERA and... And whip were both high, considering they were they were not very good. Those two numbers they were okay, but they weren't very good. Uh, probably one of the biggest gaps between ERA and xFIP of any pitcher this year, in terms of ERA being higher than the xFIP. Usually we we usually see the other way around among the pitchers we talk about in fantasy. So yeah, I think I think the future is very bright for Max Fried. On the other end, the biggest overachiever. The award goes to. Double E, Eduardo Escobar. (laughs) Can't have it all there in Arizona. Yeah, talk to me. Talk to me about Eduardo Escobar because I feel like for the last month, all I hear is everybody going, what is happening with Eduardo Escobar? This is a nobody buys Eduardo Escobar remotely close to the production he has. I don't buy his actual output where he's sitting 
But at the same time, though, he's flourishing in Arizona and in his time in Arizona. And there's some relatively impactful bats that are around him. So what makes him what makes it so overachieving? Well, it's it's an, like I like I said for Max Fried, him having a big gap between his XFIP and ERA in a good way. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is one of the players who has among the worst gaps between like his actual batting average and X batting average, his actual Woba and X Woba. And what we saw in the second half is that he sustained the power gains, the home run production, but the batting average has dropped along with it. He's so, so, so his swing is so sold out for power right now in terms of high flight ball rate at the expense of line drives that he really needs big power production to be a fantasy standout. I'm I'm not saying he can't be a useful fantasy player, but I do think 2018 uh, Eduardo Escobar is probably more realistic than 2019 going forward. And, you know, obviously his numbers, you know, if people are just ba- drafting him based on the previous year's numbers, he's he's going to go way too early. Now, we've got some fun awards coming up. It'll be a little bit more quick-burning ones, but there's some really, really fun ones I'm excited to get to. But as we come towards the end here of uh, the CBS Fantasy Baseball Award Show, we want to let you guys know that this episode is also brought to you by Hims. You've heard us talking about Hims and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 99% of men start to lose their hair by age 35, and I'm not awkwardly touching my thinning hair at the top or anything like that as a 36-year-old, I can attest to this. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. Boy, is this just written for me. I feel like I'm talking to myself in a mirror here. It's that hairline. It's slowly starting to move backwards. Are there any bald spots out there yet? Well, the best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. It's time to get a handle on those precious locks. Do it. So I'm asking you, do you want a bald spot to pop up? or your hairline to recede, or do you want to do something about it first? 4hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. 4hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Order now. My listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to Hims.com slash FBT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FBT for Hims.com slash FBT. We are closing out our awards with some really, really fun ones, and it shows the the good chops that Scott White has—a great prowess. I and when we got on the episode, I was like, "You're going to make all of these into an article, right?" Because they're just they're they're clever and they're witty, and I just want to give you some nice accolades for the stuff that you put together. Because frankly, these first two are my favorite, and th- these awards started making me think of like the Welsh awards, like the guy I always say wrong. And there's such a long list. You could have Andrew Haney. Uh, Julio Urias, Sandy Alcantara. I mean, the list never stops on the names that the Welsh gets wrong. Who would be your award winner for what I say wrong the most? Oh, famously, the name I say wrong the most. I don't know if I did it this episode or not. No, me, me. 
Oh, for you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, how can you pick? I know there's so many choices. What would be the Welsh uh, award? Well, one you haven't been called out for is I think you say Aristides Aquino wrong. Um, I say, I, I, I'm saying Aquino. I hear myself say it occasionally. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah. it's Aristides Aquino. Aquino. Yeah. No. <laughs> just a, right just an end. <laughs> Aquino. Okay. I, you know what I did? I just interviewed... Um, Mariners prospect Jared Kelenic. Uh, I just did it right there. That's so funny. I just did it because it's K-E-L-E-N-I-C. So when I look at it quickly, I'm like Kelenic, but it's Kelnick. And I made oh, sure I to do that. it before so I didn't screw that up. Same thing there happens to Padres prospect Taylor uh, Trammell. People look at his last name and everyone calls him Trammell. So when I interviewed him a long time ago, I was like, it's Trammell. Can we clear this up? He's like, yes, it's not Trammell. So it's always, it's the Welsh pronunciation award and that goes to aristides aquino but you've got some really fun ones how about the most perplexing pronunciation award winner is i'm not even sure i'm gonna say it right do it jordan alvarez yes right we got it right? yep, yep absolutely you seem fully convinced i don't think the world in general is fully convinced Well, because there's a why scott there's a yeah. why and we're saying jordan right I know, right. but I mean, everything from his own manager to Astros broadcasters to uh, Adam Hazer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Adam says it, I mean, clearly it's right. Then. I mean, Adam's my authority on pronunciations. Yeah, uh, and, it's Jordan. And, you know, OK, I know we got to do it. There's, there's still there is still all these months later inconsistency within the industry on this you're very and conspiratorial with this like i feel like this is like your thing where you'd be like, you're like you know you're like digging in you're like i just don't believe this i gotta check it into it and it's like it's it's jordan and but it's i know it's spelled jordan i know this one eats I at you but it makes me happy it makes me happy because when you say jordan i feel a little bit more whole for every time i say a <laughs> or i say you know haney <laughs> i mean is he on record himself as saying this I believe so. Yeah, I think I watched a video on it when this first started coming out where he said Jordan. Like someone asked him and he said Jordan. Because that's the only person I'm going to believe, ultimately. I mean, even baseball reference doesn't usually, if there's any doubt, they have a pronunciation guide. They don't have a pronunciation guide for him because it's... Let's get a video. Let's get a video. Let's, uh, Let's get all the producers. Let's get a video for Scott White. The next up, this is a great one. The I Can Spell It Now Award. The winner is... Some historical significance here, too. Mike Yastrzemski. Yes. That's also a pronunciation one, too, for a little bit. little tongue twister sometimes. Y-A-S. Are you looking? No. Okay, this is great. Okay, yes, you are correct. Y-A-S. T-R-Z-E-M-S-K-I. Yastrzemski. Crowd goes wild. You absolutely you hit go. that out of the park. That had a 111 exit velocity with a 28, uh, a 28 launch angle. That was that was phenomenal. Yeah. No, it's always fun as a writer when you have to look something up like the first five or six times you write it, and then you eventually stop looking it up. And that's where I am with Yastrzemski, which is nice. I like it when my phone finally stops trying to fight me, and it's like, all right, I get it. It's Yastrzemski. I'm like, thank you. All right, uh, a couple prospects is my wheelhouse. Biggest prospect payoff for the 2019 season. The award winner is, I mean, this we could just call this the AL Rookie of the Year award winner also yep. goes to. Yep. Jordan slash Jordan Alvarez, yes. our yeah. second dual award winner. Okay. Uh, and, you know, th- this happens all the time these days because, you know, people, 
when when there's a big news in the baseball world, we want those immediate clicks. So I have to log in right away and write a little reaction piece to it. And and you know that happens for the biggest prospect call ups. And it's usually very enthusiastic because it's a lottery ticket. And why not take a chance on the lottery ticket? You know, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? You draw, you lost your best player in the process. This is the I wish I was on the forefront. I just wasn't on the forefront of Jordan Alvarez enough. I wish I was more yeah. on the forefront of it. Well, I was on vacation when the Alvarez call up finally happened. And uh, I kept waiting for somebody else to write it up. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So finally, the next day, I just said, screw it. I'm going to write it. And it was one of the most clicked on articles I wrote all year, I wow. think, even though it was, you know, a few hours later than it probably should have been. And just think, you wrote this article thinking his name was something completely different, too. That's true. But the, it, it paid off, obviously, as even beyond anybody's wildest expectations. I, he was a top 10 hitter from the day he was called up. And I don't know that we can be that optimistic of being, him being that good next year, but I mean, he's going to be like a third rounder for me next year, even with he'll be DH only, at least in CBS, CBS leagues next year. Yeah, absolutely. He went uh, third round. I think first pick in the third round of our most recent, we just dropped it on in this league. We did the two, early 2020 mock draft and he was the first pick in the third round. So it's justifiable in the 12 man. Uh, biggest prospect tease award winner goes to couple here. Well, Jesus Lizardo is yeah. my win. Jesus and this is a guy whose prospects re- weekly prospects report column always had the top five to stash. The number of times I wrote about Jesus Lizardo and his latest injury escapades was exhausting. Exhausting. And it's not his fault, obviously, that he kept getting hurt. But first there was, oh, he's going to have a rotation spot in spring training and dominate right away. Rotator cuff strain. Then in June, he's building back up. He's going to come back. It's next week. He'll be back. Lat strain. And then finally he did arrive in September, but they weren't making a rotation spot for him. He's looked good, by the way, in the relief appearances, but ultimately a lot of buildup for no payoff. All right. These final ones here, we'll do kind of quicker burns on uh, the really good ones. And I implore everybody, go and check out the article uh, that Scott White's going to have that you can read up on more of these guys. But uh, first one here, everyone is dumb award. The winner is <laughs> DJ LeMayhew. Yeah, who was also a candidate for the thanks for making everyone look bad award. I mean, he nobody thought he was going to be no. the same guy with the Yankees. And it turns out he wasn't the same no. guy. He was much better. So than much ever better. <laughs> so much better. You're totally right. The yeah. I, I love this one. This is always my favorite thing, especially like when I'm doing prospect lists. There's sometimes there's guys I want to go away. I want them off my list. And it's just like, I don't know how to handle you anymore. Please stop it and get off of here. This is the go away award in fantasy. And the winner is Ian Desmond. Uh, he went just, away. It's it's enough already. Come on. There you're holding up so many good players. I mean, you this late surge from Garrett Hampson and it just so happens that the Rockies top prospect who we saw a little of this year, Brendan Rodgers, also a middle infielder. Is Ryan McMahon going to be able to stay at second base with those two beating him down? No, he's probably going to have to move somewhere else. Oh, and by the way, Sam Hill- Hilliard uh, you know, showing up in the outfield. He looks like he has a lot of potential. Ian Desmond doesn't anymore. He's old. His skill sets, you know, his skills have eroded. He's got a big bloated contract. 
But hopefully the Rockies do the right thing and give other people a chance instead. Yeah, and I think uh, you could maybe have just given that award to the Rockies because the Rockies are a bigger problem with all of these guys. But Ian Desmond can go away. This is one we've been teasing. The Guy Fantasy Football Players Won't See Coming Award. The winner is... I think I'm going to give it to Tommy Edmond. I was torn on this one. You know, Garrett Hampson I mentioned is a possibility. Even like you, Darvish is a possibility, you know, because the overall numbers are going to kind of understate how good he became when he became good. I like the context of what you're doing with this, though, because I get what you're saying with you, Darvish, but you need someone off the beaten path here for like even you you have a side note. I'm not trying to jump over what you might bring up, but you said like or a Boba and Boba He definitely qualifies, and I think he'll be a shock to people that play fantasy football that are coming back in to see how high he is. But he had such pedigree, where a guy like Tommy Edmond in 88 games with 11 homers and 14 stolen bases with about a uh, 300 average, no one's going to have seen that coming, especially when you start to extrapolate. And if we see him as a 15 homer, 25 uh, stolen base guy with, I don't know, you know, 90 runs, 60 RBIs and a 300 average. That's a really valuable tool that none of these guys are going to be ready for. It's, it's really the steals that set him apart, the success rate on it, the frequency of it. You know, if he's, it looks like he might have like 20 homer, 25 steal potential and you know, not great on base skills and you know, every position is so loaded. I'm not sure he'll be top 20 for me at any position going into next year, but He'll be on a lot of sleeper lists, I bet. And people who tuned out in August just won't have heard of him. Yeah. The worst injury award, I'm going to just say the winner. And if you would like to say what the injury is, because I cringe every time, the winner is Mitch Haniger. This is actually a lifetime achievement award that Mitch Haniger just got for the horrific injury, which you are more than welcome to let us know. What was that injury again there, Scott? Ruptured testicle. Yeah. What happens when it ruptures? I, I don't know. Do you know? Yeah, it, 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 it comes keeps out. Them out the rest of the year. Yeah, it goes I, out. I, it's just horrifying. It's it's just it's a worse nightmare because it ruptured. You know, that's not soft tissue. It's the it, worst the, word. The level... that you, it's the worst word that you can put to that region <laughs> of all time. There's no the, worse word than rupture. It's not a soft. It, it's not soft tissue. So the impact to rupture it must have been so hard. Oh. And that's an area where just a glancing blow doubles you over with pain so oh. i can't i can't even imagine what that felt like that's the, i'm also horrible for him i'm calling that the thoughts and prayers award for mitch hanniger <laughs> it's a lifetime achievement award uh worst injury last couple here mr it's not as bad as it looks the winner is chris sale i'm gonna you know every time i bring it up on twitter people show up to tell me how dumb i am and you know, he's finished, whatever. Just look at the peripherals. Just look at the peripherals. Look at the XFIP. Look at the strikeout rate, the swinging strike rate. I mean, he's dominant. And it didn't work out with the ERA and win-loss record this year, but he's he's going to make somebody very happy next year. Two more here. The Bionic Man Award goes to... I mean, he's almost 40, and he played the last month and a half with a torn tendon in his wrist. It didn't matter. Nelson Cruz... I, I don't know when it's going to stop for him, but it, it seems like nothing can slow him down. And finally, the final award of the night, we are going to give the Streaking Comet <laughs> Award and explain that. And I'm not going to say his name because he's You'll my award. He's my award winner for the thing I say the most wrong. Aristides Aquino, yes, Streaking <laughs> Comet Award. What does, what that, does that mean? That Is he going to follow into next year? 
<laughs> I, I, I was looking for a way to describe. Uh, I was thinking Haley's comet. It's, like he come, he came through in one bright light, and then we'll not see him again for forty eight years or whatever. <laughs> well, that would be a strange career trajectory, but that, that's not exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, and look, okay. I don't really know that we're never going. Like he's never going to be a useful fantasy option. He'll probably be among my top. 40, 50 outfielders heading into next year. Um, but yeah, that he was setting every home run record for the start of a career, and then he was doing nothing after that. So that was that was a fun little uh, thing that all the fantasy football players missed. Well, or baseball. No, football, because, you know, they're, they're, they didn't even hear of him because it happened so oh, late. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> contained in such a short period that's a good no that's a good point i was like what just happened why are you talking about fantasy football i got it we're back to the awards and you're totally right they missed that entire they missed the whole thing like it was like a an eclipse they just were inside and they missed the eclipse that happened that was uh aquino and did it right streaking look at that comment. yeah streaking comment don't chase the tail i guess uh when you're trying to look for the front end of that comment that's it that's the award show you did a killer job you did a lot of the front work here on setting up your awards i think this is gonna make a killer article and I think this is a fun palate cleanser leading into, you know, we just walked away from the season. A couple of days left as people might be listening to this if they're consuming it very early on. But also this is a great palate cleanser to step us in to these positional rank episodes, which are you ready to get down with these guys? Do you have everything like what is in order or what still needs to be in order in your world? For the position previews, I got outfield still to write. I'm putting it together tonight putting together the order tonight and then next week i'm gonna tackle starting pitcher and relief pitcher okay i got uh, one for you where are you where are you least confident right now i know you're a confident person you trust in yourself but do you have a position that you feel a lack of confidence in until maybe we sit down and discuss it am i a confident person i think you speak in confidence i think i think you're a human being that will question anything rightfully so but you come off confident because you're a smart person okay make it to make it um <laughs> that was a compliment third, but yeah that's good third base third okay. base where i presently have vladimir guerrero 14 <laughs> i i think he went second or in the second or third round of every one of those uh uh, six early mock drafts that Justin Mason put together, but I just don't see how that's justifiable given how deep that position is. Oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun on this episode. This is going to be good. So make sure you're tuned in all through October. We got your guys back. We got you covered. Fantasy Baseball today ain't going anywhere. Uh, I'm going to be setting Scott up. We're going to be talking about all his position previews, and uh, you're going to be able to check out the articles as you listen to the podcast. So no reason to go away. CBS Fantasy Baseball today has got you covered. Follow Scott on Twitter at CBS Scott White. You can follow me at Is It the Welsh. I hope you guys enjoyed the musical performance from Scott's cat. I hope oh, he's, all- he's throwing up behind me now. So I'm looking at, <laughs> I was checking looking- on the status of it's a good thing that never happened when you know this shot of me was on video and he was always right behind me on the sofa. Yeah, he's just he's just uh, vomiting. It's just I can see him. that's the best way we could go out there's no better way uh that is i mean that is the performance of the night better than anything britney spears could have done scott's cat vomiting in the background i got nothing else you guys know where to find us and we're going to talk to you again next week hope you guys uh, won those championships and i hope you guys enjoyed the fantasy awards here for scott white i am chris welsh you guys all have a great one Let's go! 
It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.